I got brave in my writing. That is what set me apart. I would have an experience that nobody else had ever talked about. I've never heard it validated. And I would like talk about it with authority because I felt it. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they don't trust their own experience of like life or the industry or whatever. So I got used to very boldly sharing my opinions before anyone validated them. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, an international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Rebecca Ives, who is a psychic marketing coach and self-proclaimed content queen. She helps her clients blast open their hot content channel and grow their online businesses to six figures and beyond. Her work has been featured in Entrepreneur, Business Insider, and the Huffington Post, and she currently lives just outside Austin with her husband, Brandon, and their fur baby. You can connect with her on Instagram at the content queen. And I've been following Rebecca for quite some time. I don't know how long, but quite a while now. Um, and her content is just incredible. She is such a genius coach and we connected several months ago now and, uh, (laughs) talked about doing this podcast and we've had to push it back a couple of times. So I'm just really excited to have you on here today, Rebecca, and share all your magic with us. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's an honor. Of course. When I initially reached out, it was about a specific post that really jumped out at me. And of course you create insane, amazing posts, like every single day. It's so impressive. We'll get into that and, <laughs> and how, how our listeners and all of us can learn from you on how to create epic content like you do. But one post really popped out at me and it, and I think especially in the coaching industry and seeing constant posts about these flashy come ups and like zero to a million dollars in one month type stories. I think oh, that was not my story. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, share your story with us. Let's just start with that. Yeah. Can you share your story to where you are now with us? Well, I'm on year 11 of coaching. So, well, no, okay. You're hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure this is accurate. Year 11 of like being an online writer person. I did my coaching certification in 2013. Um, I actually didn't get certified. I just did the training and then my, I had a lot going on. And so I just never did the certification. So that's another side there. Um, but yeah, I've been at this a while. I call myself an online coach grandma sometimes. And really, I got into this work as a result of a breakup. I was just very devastated after a breakup. I joined local women's circle at my yoga studio, met someone who was a coach, got introduced to this whole industry, signed up for a coach training, and then kind of was like, okay, I guess. And I was working in a marketing agency at the time. So I had sort of a background in online marketing and yeah, now here we are. 
11 years. That's amazing. (laughs) Such a lot. I feel like back then too, like what was the coaching industry even like back then? I mean, I didn't know coaching existed 11 years ago for sure. I barely discovered it five years ago. (laughs) It was like Marie Forleo and Gabby Bernstein and Tony Robbins. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was the OGs, you know? So I sometimes think it was really a blessing to like like I did not come of age as a coach with all these people like celebrating their big income months. Mm. Like that wasn't really in my orbit. So like I'd get one client and be like, oh my God, someone's paying me to coach. Like this is just, you know, like what? Like it was easy to be very excited about every little thing that happened because Mm. I wasn't, there wasn't this like culture of people who were like a million steps ahead of me. Right time. So that was, that was a blessing looking back. Right. And I was going to ask you because you shared at one point, like several years ago, you shared that you had been, you know, in the business for a little while and you had already made six figures and you were at this point where you had all this credit card debt. You were like, I couldn't pay rent. Like what's going on. And the the shame that kind of came around. Yeah. That came with that. And so I, I find that so fascinating. And I I just think of all the women that are doing this work, that their hearts called to this work so boldly and, you know, they have some epic wins and then they have kind of more of the downward slope and maybe they're only a couple of years in, like it's still early. So that just really got me thinking of that's such a great example. And now, you know, your business is booming in insane ways. And what advice would you give to the women that maybe are going through those areas or when they do hit those like more downward slumps to stay really motivated? I mean, in that time, when you're going through that, you could have said, screw this, you know, I need something more stable and safe. Like clearly this isn't for me. Clearly this isn't the right opportunity for me and, and jump to something else, but you stuck through that and, you know, look at what's happened over these years? I would say a couple things. I I feel like number one, like check in, like, is this your, your soul work? Like, I think a lot of people who are coaches, they're just like, I couldn't do anything else. Like I could do something for a while maybe, but like, there's almost this like deep knowing that like, this is what you're supposed to do in the world. And like you have basically been a coach your whole life to friends and family and whatever. And it's just like, you're just now putting on an official title, but it's like who you are. And so I I think there's this part of it. That's like the rough and tumble of early entrepreneurship is going to weed out people who don't have Mm. a very deep purpose. And I think that's a good thing. Cause I don't think everybody's meant to be a coach and everybody in the industry is meant to be a coach. So I would say Mm. that. Number two, I would say you need to detox who you're following, whose orbit you're in, and you need to like spend clean. I don't know. That's what I would say. Like I used to join a lot of like flashy, high ticket girl boss masterminds. And I think I was doing it kind of from a, I want to be a cool girl energy. And that is not, that's bad for your money. Do you know what I mean? So I would say like, you need to work on your discernment of like, is this because a good investment pays you back Mm. a good investment. Like, I think there are a lot of people in this industry who are like, um, you know, if you're constantly wondering, like, is this worth it? Am I getting value? I guess I got value because like, I got a lesson of what not to do next time. Like, that's bullshit. That's unfortunate. That's not a good use of your money. You know what I mean? So being really intentional with where you're directing 
the money that you do have, I think is big. Mm -hmm. I think also like not being in such a rush and really enjoying, like if you have one client or two clients, like that's amazing. Like really enjoying that and, and realizing like we're in this for the long game. Like I plan Mm -hmm. to be doing some version of this work in my nineties because it's like what I love to do. And so I would say that. And then I would say, you know, getting feedback from people. I know I said like, (laughs) be discerning with where you do spend your money. But I also think on the flip side, like getting feedback from someone you trust who has the results that you want, that feels clean, like isn't a guru on a pedestal, isn't someone who you like can't settle your nervous system around, but someone to really look at stuff with you, really sees you and to, to point out some of the blind spots or point out some of the skill gaps. I think there's often skill gaps that people like they need to work on certain skills, you know, Mm. in order to marketing and selling online is a set of skills. And so that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that. And over this time too, I know there's no secrets, you know, like secret sauce of like, Oh, I learned this one thing and the whole game changed or something like that. But for what you're speaking to some of those skill sets that of course we Mm -hmm. need to develop in business, whatever we're doing to be able to grow. And would you say a lot of your focus is on content? Would you say that is something that you've always had and then you built up other skills to really drive your growth and your success? Or would you say really honing in on the copy itself? Like the marketing copy is what really- There's so many different things. So I have always been a pretty strong writer, like Mm -hmm. before I had any clients or whatever, I was working in marketing. So the actual skill of copy for me personally, it it was a skill that was, but I got brave in my writing. That is what set me apart. I would have an experience that nobody else had ever talked about. I've never heard it validated. And I would like talk about it with authority because I felt it. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people they don't trust their own experience of like life or the industry or whatever. So I got used to very boldly sharing my opinions before anyone validated them. Mm. And, and I, I spoke in a way, like I took a lot of emotional risk. There have been many posts that I've put out where I'm like, someone in my circle is not going to be you know, this might piss people off and I've always chosen to honor my truth. And so I think that, I think people respect, even if they don't agree, I think people respect somebody who's like not afraid to be extremely real. Mm. And so that I think is something that definitely was a growth edge. I mean, my family's conservative. So I'm this like out there person on the internet. So that was a huge edge for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Yes. If you struggle to articulate yourself through copy, obviously that's like a skill that can really help. Although like I, you know, my healer is, she gets all of her people through referrals. So I don't, I don't think it's, I think the most important thing is being wildly skilled at what you do and Mm. blowing people's minds because, you know, the internet could go out, but if you just, people are like, every time I connect with this person, my life is wildly better. Like I, I think focusing on your skills, your actual craft is huge and your confidence in your craft and your identity as kind of like an expert, like, you know, I'm a coach, but I've also been a client of a lot of different practitioners and I love working with someone confident. I don't love being on the receiving end of someone who's like, 
I don't know, is this okay? Uh, uh, uh. You know, it's, it's, uns- I love a confident pr- practitioner that can really lead, that I sense can hold me, that I sense isn't a true embodied mm. expert. And so that also, I think is, I think a lot of people can look to marketing to overcompensate from the fact that like, they just don't have, you know, like they're, they're not an expert yet. And they don't, they shouldn't be, you know, like that it takes time. But I think some people, it, it comes back to this sort of rushing thing, trying to yeah. skip, trying to hit flashy milestones before you like, it's actually grounded in real genuine experience. Couldn't agree more with that, with a skill set. It, it actually makes me think I just was hiring somebody for not coaching at all. Um, well, kind of it was birth support actually. And I was interviewing people and I noticed that just what you're saying, the confidence going in, feeling val- validated, you know, yes. with one interview that I went, it was, it was, you know, she was almost looking for me to drive it. She didn't seem very confident. She wasn't coming in like, this is what we'll do. This is right. what, how you'll feel. Um, and, and guiding it. And then the other one came in like, boom. And, you know, it was like a couple years versus experience versus 10 years of experience. And it's not always about the years, but it goes a long ways. Just that, that confidence and knowing I know what I'm doing and that shines through. I know what I'm doing. Mm. The, the, the simple thought, the more often you think the thought, I know what I'm doing. A lot of people really need this. Like those Mm. are money thoughts yes <laughs> yes like those thoughts ripple out into a lot of things that are good for your business mm. what else comes to mind when you think of money making thoughts is really there anything good at what I do yes uh what else um people are suffering and like what comes easily and naturally to me is just is a freaking blessing like mm. people are like what I have to offer is worth way more than the money I'm charging yes um, I'm constantly being guided by the divine mm. to the next right step. I yes. can't fuck it up. I couldn't fuck it up if I tried. Yes. I love those though. Those are so good. Like that. <laughs> I love those. So in your opinion, and you are, you spoke to this a little bit. So this is, this is probably going to be something similar to this with the bold copy and really, and, and I love that about your copy too. It's every oh, time you. you put something out, I know I'm like, Oh, that's an edge. I love it. Yeah. And it's so good. So what in your opinion makes the best copy? Is it mostly that, or are there other things sprinkled in there? Like what to you is, is killer copy. Mm, to me, I've never been asked this question before. I I just love really feeling a person's essence Mm. through words. The killer copy to me, it it can have a lot of different tones. It can have a lot of different energies. You know, I'm very bold and sassy and playful, but like, I think there can be killer copy that's like very deep and poetic and like people's writing voices are all across you know what I mean the range Mm. but it's like the best copy to me is when I I feel the person like when I I'm like I get a transfusion of positive beautiful uplifting energy through the message and the words and I feel like it's like taking a vibrational elevator up or like taking a deep sigh of relief Mm. or something that like and it can be really simple. It can be through a story, but it's when I really feel someone through the words. That's what I think it is. That's perfect because it goes back to, okay, 
it's not necessarily, okay, do this formula and you'll have the best, the best content, the best copy. Yes. There's things that can help you with that, obviously, but it's really you allowing your true nature almost to shine through your content. And, and writing in alignment with that, like, like everybody's brand voice, like there's patterns, right? Like I see patterns in people's brand voice, right? And some people do sound kind of similar. So it's, it's that. And it's also writing in alignment with your energy. Like human design has been super helpful for Mm. me in terms of content. Like I am a manifesting generator. And so it's not good for me to just sit down and be like, okay, time to write. It's good for life. I sort of trampoline bounce off of conversations and, you know, DMs and, uh, like a podcast or a, this, or a, a book or a, like life prompts me. And then suddenly I have this alive energy and I want to respond. Um, that is extremely helpful. I am obsessed with this. So I'm also a manifesting <laughs> generator. And when I think of content, and this leads into another, uh, question that I had for you to about yeah. content creation and your process there, but I'm yeah. the same way. It's like, if I just sit down, like, okay, let me plan out my launch right. content and write all of my content for the next 30 days. And I'm going to be like selling all the things, you know, yeah. or if I'm like, oh my God, but yeah, what was it? What's that? A manifester can do that when they get that yeah. urge, like they should do that. But yeah. For us, it's better to balance off something. Yeah. Like it's like an experience or something that came yeah. up in a coaching call or leaving a yoga class. And I was like, oh my God, I just had this awakening. Yes. And then I wanted to write about it. Yeah. Stuff like that. So with that being said, do Mm -hmm. you have, and I know that you talk about having ADHD as well. And I know there's a lot of ADHDers that listen. I also have ADHD. Hi guys. Hi friends. You're the most fun people on the internet. Yes. (laughs) And I totally believe it, it can be used as a superpower as well, but what is your advice? So Yes, maybe the consideration with ADHD, but also people in general, because I think people are like, okay, how much are you planning? How much are you planning ahead? And we kind of touched on that. Like, mm-hmm. what is your process yeah. for like systemizing content uh, for yourself or in for the general public that you would mm-hmm. coach and recommend? Do you recommend yeah. systemizing or is it like real time thoughts? Let's go. This just I would say 80% is real time because I... I'm very much in the writing habit and it's kind of just natural for me right now. And I've set my life up so that I do have a lot of free time. So mm-hmm. I do like, um, you know, I'm only spending like a couple hours on calls a week right now. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of stuff is one to many and I have funnels and you know, that sort of thing. So, and I just got rid of all my one-on-one clients. So I, I saw I that intentionally yeah. create a lot of spaciousness and mm-hmm. cause you know, we're trying to get pregnant and, just all that stuff. So yep. new season. Um, but yeah. Okay. So my process. So I, it feels good to write posts. <laughs> so most days I put out a post, but if nothing's inspiring me and it's like 11 AM already, I'll just repost an old post. Mm. And I have a lot of old posts yeah. that I've been coaching around the same subject. So I repost a decent amount and I often have like a backlog because I'll just like have a lot. I mean, I mm. post a lot live, but I also have like a few just in there. Um, and I do plan my launches though. Like I um, will plan like emails and stuff ahead of time and I'll write yeah. my sales 
page ahead of time and that sort of thing. But I do a lot live that may change. Like we are systematizing more things, but I do love the energy of being live. So mm. how is it organized right now? I mean, we have basically like my team will repurpose my posts to email. So that's a thing that's kind of, yeah. but the actual posting I do live, mm-hmm. it's not like scheduled ahead of time or anything. Right. I, don't know, I feel like I really like that intimacy mm. with my community and I think it, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like most, that. I write a post. I have my matcha and I write a post. most. Mornings. Okay. And do you, so is that kind of like a ritual for you? Because you do, you post at least once every day, right? Yeah. Sometimes, three point, times. sometimes I'll go yeah. a couple times without posting, but most days I post. But primarily. Do you yeah. have a ritual where you are like, okay, it's, I'm getting in the zone. I'm sitting down with my matcha. I'm going to write, write content or journal and see where it formal, leads. But that's mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it ends up being. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a little later in the day. Sometimes I kind of just balance. Like I'm like, oh, what do I want to do first today? Do I want to do that? And sometimes I have calls first. So I I'll do that. Or I I'm very flowy, but mm. I can so yeah so what is your advice or do you ever experience this because I see that sometimes people who are very flowy they kind of go through these dips and they're like well my energy is not behind it right now so I just mm-hmm. I, I just disappear for a little while and then when the energy comes back and I'm feeling really good and I'm getting this inspiration then I'm like bam, 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 bam and, and banging out the content do you advise or suggest people I always have energy to write content like Mm. even if I was vomiting and I was like I still like posted like I don't know I just I I had four stomach flus in four months like the last four months I don't know if you know this but it was I do because we had to reschedule a couple times (laughs) I'm finally feeling like so much better um but I yeah I got really sick and I did take a little break from launching like I paused launches but my daily content feels not connected to a particular like sale or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I just most days post. Right. And so I you was don't... stuff that was not super related always to like my offers, like more personal, inspirational, that kind of thing. And, but yeah, it feels like a relationship with my people that I show up to that I don't have to be perfect for, but that I like, yeah. And have you, have you always felt this way about your content? Is it always just been really natural for you? Or was there a time where it did feel a little bit more like, okay, I got to show up for this. And then it just got so, so you're so used to it that it's like, eh, I've been doing this for so many years that I'm just going to pop in and post. I love it. Like, I love it. Like there are times where I feel sometimes I'll go a couple of weeks and be like, oh, I'm just not like completely in flow or like something, but oftentimes it's, there's often that can coincide when there's a truth I'm not acknowledging in myself Mm. so Mm. it's like you know when I'm not being fully honest with myself it's like a block like you know that's good um like I don't know if this is like TMI or whatever but like no TMI I haven't even told my husband this. Like, <laughs> like, um, there's this moment where I was getting sick earlier this summer and I was just like to Brandon, I was like, I'm scared to get pregnant until I like, you know, we have to stop trying until I get well or whatever. Cause I'm mm. just like scared. I don't want to be so sick or whatever. And like, that was like a, a truth that bubbled up. It was like, ah, yeah. I think we need to postpone this. Like, I think we need, do you know what I mean? And that yeah. felt 
really edgy for some reason. And it, I remember after speaking that out, like a bunch of content flowed through. Mm. It's like truth that you're kind of like scared to say those mm. things. So, I mean, that's just one example. No, that's so good. It goes back to what we were talking about before with some of the best content is you really being authentically you and showing up in your expression. So if you feel like there's yeah. something kind of blocking that flow or blocking your truth, right. blocking things your authenticity and things that you're pretending things that like, I think yeah. a lot of times we it's, it's really about our relationships and there's something like, you know, we're Here's another example. I don't know how you'll respond to this, whatever, but I recently got this, like, I've always not loved the devil emoji. I don't know, for whatever reason, I've just not loved it. And I don't know if you use it. I never use it personally, but. (laughs) For whatever reason, it really just like, I've never really liked it, but lately I've been like, no, I do not like this. And I was really scared. Like, I, I, like, it was edgy for me to, I posted about it. And I was like, I believe like, I don't believe it's all love and light out there. I do believe there's dark energy. And I do believe a lot of things that are people are like, oh my God, it's just harmless, whatever. Like, I Mm. actually don't believe that. And, you know, I was like, I have clients who use that playfully. You know what I mean? Right. And I posted it. And then several people were like, I'm so glad you shared that. Like that actually opened my eyes to things. And like, it was really beautiful. And it was, but it was edgy. And so that's just a recent example. Yeah. goes back to like I guess at the core it's like I don't want you know a client I love to feel judged morally or something do you know what I mean or like I'm spreading fear there's just so Mm. many things that come up around speaking our actual direct truth about whatever is on our minds in a particular moment that's such a good example too because to me it's like it's so silly because it's like it's emoji who cares like (laughs) you know like I totally agree but also people do see things like little things like that and and they can take offense to it and especially clients and things if you have certain clients that use it all the time and then you're like I hate this emoji (laughs) yeah Um, you know it's just but it's like stuff like that and I think the reason I I don't think my content is just about the words. I think it's that I've, I'm very consistently brave mm. in saying what I really mm. think. Mm. And it's such a good point too, to show that bravery and courage isn't like sharing our deepest, darkest secret. It's not like admitting oh, to the world yeah. that something terrible happened. And how you're... If you have a deep, dark secret, if you, I think it's useful to be like, what would you be afraid of your audience finding out about you? Mm. And how much power does that hold over you? Because that could be the birthplace of your best possible content. Like your areas of shame. When I got really exposed about my money journey and doing a debt resettlement, like that was very, a lot of people connected to me. Yeah. Like with that. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it goes right back to the, the authenticity and having, if you're severing that line of flow, like when I, when I think of a lot of the people that post really amazing content, whether they are still in their earlier stages starting out, but they're just really confident and they're like owning the fact that, you know, they're at this stage. And even though it's like a baby stage, they're going to grow further or whether they're far beyond that and they're sharing stories. It's that flow of like, I'm owning exactly where I'm at right now. I'm not trying to be further. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like this person. I'm not trying to like bring in their qualities. I'm not trying to put on this fake persona of being further ahead to get you to buy from me, but this is exactly where I'm at. And I know I can help you with, but you know, these specific things. 
Yes. I'm so here for that. Yes. Okay. So back to the ADHD th- for a second. Cause I kind of yeah. like, I, I kind of confused my questions. So I want to, okay. uh, <laughs> like I meshed two, I think together. Yeah, um, very ADHD of you. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's funny. Cause someone actually back when we were going to record a little while ago, I, I did like a question box of like, Hey, do you have any questions for Rebecca when she's on the yeah. podcast? And I remember somebody asked this one, um, specifically about ADHD is how would you recommend? And we've kind of like skirted it a little bit. but how would you, do you have any advice for people with ADHD and staying consistent with creating content? If they're really struggling with consistency, we got to make it fun. We got to figure out what sucks about content for you specifically, because it's different for everybody and we need to attach dopamine to it. Mm. Like it has to be fun and interesting and meaningful. Like I also think, I mean, we could talk just like a habit. Like for example, like right now I'm I have four post-it cards right on my window. Like every day I lift, do my little weight sequence. I get a post-it card and I put it on my window. So little things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, but like even I notice with lifting weights, if I'm wearing a cute little workout set and listening to fun music and like do my little post-it, like that stuff helps, but we've Mm got to figure out, you know, a lot of times there's just like some heavy fear or resistance or shame or whatever that's in the way of enjoying content or people make the stakes really high. So I often like to tell people like, pretend you're texting a close girlfriend, slightly tipsy but they need help. Like, what would you say? You know? So that's a great sort of frame. Um, yeah, yeah, I would, I, I think it depends on what the, what's not fun about content, what feels hard or icky. Let's clear that because Mm. actually it's just talking to humans and it gets to be really enjoyable. Yeah. You have to make it fun. Consist, trying to be consistent without making something fun, interesting, or meaningful. ADHD, it's like, it has to be fun, interesting, or meaningful for us to do it regularly. So we need to bring those qualities into content. Mm. I love that. That's perfect. Make it fun and and take out, take away the pressure because I think a lot of times we have so much pressure on every post. Like this has to be the post that's going to sell people into what I'm selling. Yeah. (laughs) And this posting from selling. Mm. Like, yes, obviously post sell, but if your primary, like, I post every day because I post every day because I'm building a relationship with my community and it's part of my identity. And it's regardless of whether or not I'm launching, I post every day right. because I, I'm, it's like a relationship. Do you know what mm, I'm saying? Yes. Like it, it's, um, that's a, a, an important shift. I think. Mm. So disconnecting the two sales specific yes, to content. Mm. Like I think posting with an agenda and the pressure to make an immediate sale is not, it like makes you less charismatic and sexy. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like nothing is less hot than like posting with an agenda. It goes back to the authenticity of actually posting to connect and share. People naturally want to pay, learn from, work with people who can help them, who they like, who they trust. Mm. Like it's just naturally going to happen. But if you're like, how do I get clients today? Like that's <laughs> pretty stressful, you know? And I get it. And it's, it, you know, I also think a lot of people could benefit from getting a bridge job if they're in that place mm. and not like putting so much pressure on their coaching business to pay their bills immediately. Totally. I think that's, that's a thing as well. Yeah. And that's another message that can fly around. Like if you're not doing it full time, it's not your real thing. <laughs> and it's that. like, take yeah. away the stress. If you're going to be stressed about money, you're not going to be in your business yeah. and having fun with it and creating and, and 
showing up and being the best support for your clients, you're going to be stressed about money and paying your bills. Totally. All right, Rebecca, I have loved our conversation so, so much. Before we wrap it up here, I love to ask all the guests on the podcast, just what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? Mm. It's so beautiful that you're asking me this now because my answer would probably have been different a couple months ago. And, you know, I think I have always thought like wealthy and well, but lately those two, like well is first for mm, me. Yeah. <laughs> I really put my health first and I've really seen how like health is way more important than wealth. So I want to say that to me, it means getting to spend your time doing what you want. It means really feeling the impact of your own personal growth rippling out into the world. And it means being a light beam on the planet. Yes. (laughs) And so true that health is more important than wealth. You can't enjoy the wealth if you don't have your health. I didn't used to think so. I would have been like, yeah, yeah. But no, like I really... I really believe that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And where can people find you? I know you're in right now, oh. you're launching a program and you're of course on yeah. Instagram. Yes. At the content queen on Instagram, my current program one to many magic is amazing. It's all about creating a digital course and an email funnel so that you can have more free time and earn money and lighter on the system ways. So yeah. And I have to throw a little plug that I'm on your email list. Whenever your emails come through, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. (laughs) So I'll say, yeah, if you're listening, go get on her list regardless, because it will probably help your content just seeing hers. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the wealthy and well woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.